We're live as I'm taking off the hat because COVID hair. Oh, I don't see the live on my side. There it is. Well, we're live. I mean, now, you're eight, eight seconds eight behind, seconds but you know, it's cool. Whatever. All right. You know what, ladies and gents? We're just going to get into this right now. Let's do this, Ham. Hit that intro. Oh, what? No hook. All right. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. <laughs> there it is. All right, Ham. I'm ready to rock this joint today. Give us the intro. You ready? Well, it is hump day. Right, hump day, and as always, we got another fun-filled, ready-to-go rock and roll episode for all of you. You know what? Let's just say that our guest today is really good at computers. Okay, <laughs> but of course, that's putting it ultra mildly. Today's incredible guest has led over a hundred engineers and software developers in creating secure, cutting-edge apps across all of our phones and all over the web. Driven by innovation, our guest company is a premium software engineering and agile consulting firm that excels in accelerating time to market and ensuring flawless results. Their mission is to connect innovative companies with world-class developers, engineers, and security experts. This company is leading the way in building talented teams with top-notch skills, keeping companies powered by innovation while minimizing risk. Like I said, these guys are really good at computers. So if you want someone to help you develop an app, there's no better place to go. Joining us today is an amazing developer from Genium, the leader in software development, and we're excited to have on the show their awesome CEO and founder. Welcome to the show, Alex Eisman! Welcome to the program, Alex. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thanks for having me. All right, I gotta, I gotta ask this right off the bat. Is that your birth given name, Alex Iceman? Because that is like a dope name, by the way. Yeah, I'm so, a little bit regretful that we don't have a Top Gun clip right now. Ice yeah, man, we, we, yeah, <laughs> we definitely should have that. Uh, thanks, thanks, guys. Uh, right off the bat, that's not my, uh, that's not my uh, birth given last name. I had to adopt that when I moved to the United States. Actually, I started using that uh, alias. Before I moved here, my first company was Iceman Films. I was doing some video production back in uh, Russia. And uh, um, the, the, the true story is that my last name um, very closely translates to Iceman from Russian to uh, English. And I was looking for a way to, um, to represent that in the English language. And that's how I came up with that handle. I didn't know about Top Gun at that time. And uh, I, I, you know, I started to get references, and uh, and then I had to watch Top Gun to understand. And actually, I really liked the the, um, the uh, you know Iceman in the movie, and I, I think it kind of re resembles of a few of my uh, few of my characteristics, and uh, love it. So not, but I had to take it. Um, and um, believe it or not, I was going by um, my my uh, birth giving name um, when I started doing business, but my clients couldn't remember. Um, and they would call me Alex. And my company at the time was Iceman Softworks. And that was my first consultancy company I opened up uh, 10 years ago or even more. Um, and uh, all they remember is Iceman. And obviously, I named it after my you know, translation of the last name. And uh, they start calling me Alex from Iceman. And then they start skipping from and they start uh, calling me Iceman. And uh, 
um, that's how that's how I adapted it. The guys just you know started calling me, and I I figured, look, it sounds very cool. Although although uh, a lot of people ask me about you know if it's my natural name, but it is in Russian, and I translated it over to English, and that's exactly how it sounds. I'm your Huckleberry. Well, not quite Iceman, but same actor right there, right, Ham? So uh, let me let me ask you this: There's a you have a translation, Iceman. It's part of your name. And from what I read about you, you also double as a hockey ref, right? So yes, there's sir. a little bit of you know that ice into you, in, in yeah. embedded in you. Yes, and I'm a professional ice hockey referee for uh, the American Hockey League. I work here in California. I cover most of the Californian games, and I'm super happy about it. I've been doing that for 17 years. I used to be a professional hockey referee full time. Um, I changed my career drastically into software. Uh, when I moved here to the United States, I was doing software. And uh, when when people uh, found out that I'm a professional hockey referee and I, I, I'm in a good shape, they called me up uh, to try out for major league uh, or minor league, rather. And uh, that's how I got into American Hockey League. And I do that part-time, um, kind of part-time, full-time. I don't really know. I do a lot of games, five, six games a month, and uh, train constantly and uh, have to be in a good shape because it's uh, – um, affiliate clubs of NHL, and we work with a lot of great athletes and uh, have to be at the top performance level all the time. So, <gasps> love it. Uh, hockey is, you know, I don't follow hockey on a regular basis, but anytime there's an opportunity to go watch hockey live, it's one of the most exciting and thrilling sports out there to watch live. You get to watch it live and be on the ice, all that action, all that speed, everything just flying by. And you have to have like a real keen eye to be part of that. I've got the best seats in the house. I've got the best seats in the house. I love it. Um, and uh, during the whole the whole break right now and uh, all the isol- isolation we're having, I'm super, uh, super excited that hopefully things are going to open up uh, soon. And I, 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 I'm going to go and hit the ice because I'm. Um, I, I miss the ice and uh, miss being on the ice and uh, just that action. And believe it or not, uh, business and hockey are so much related. Like you, you, in terms of how you run your business, how you build companies, and how how you build structure and how you manage people. And then when you get on the ice, you basically have to have to do the same thing, but in a very short period of time and, and at a very high emotional level, because you deal with a lot of professional athletes and uh, you basically. Uh, and try to manage them, manage emotions, um, and and make certain decisions that uh, you know that better be fair and safe for 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 the good outcome of the game. So I really enjoy doing both and 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 draining um, a lot of similarities and and, and different tricks and what I see from hockey to business and vice versa. So uh, how did you get into the whole programming gig? I mean that's that's quite a different thing going from refereeing hockey to programming. They're night and day. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've always been a very competitive uh, boy, and uh, I've uh, my first degree was uh, by by chemistry. So uh, my first degree, first major, and after the you know college years, I started doing hockey, and I played a little bit of hockey back in Russia, and I transitioned into referee because I wasn't a great hockey player. Um, I did an amazing career in Russia as a hockey player, as a hockey referee, hockey official, and then. Um, there's been some times when I saw officials getting hurt and uh, they were basically out of job. And uh, if they don't have a backup degree or backup 
to support their family, they're screwed. So um, I figured I needed a backup plan, and I started I started attending um, a university at night, um, evening classes and 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 uh, weekend classes and online classes to get the the software engineering degree at the best university in Russia in Moscow, Moscow State University. It was a very tough three tough three years of my life, uh, but I've got the second um, major in computer science and uh, in parallel working full time as a hockey referee. And uh, I, I really liked it because I was very good at computers from well, when I was a you know a little kid. My brother is a software engineer, so it was natural for me to kind of go into that direction. I like to create stuff. I like to see how people interact with it, um, and I'm frankly speaking very good at it. So I've built I've built over a hundred mobile apps myself throughout the um, or. I've been a part of a team that have built an app. So I've met a lot of those and I, I really enjoyed um, seeing that. So transition into that, I've got an opportunity to move to San Francisco when my friend uh, got a promotion to another company. Oh, not a promotion. He got hired to another company. His spot was opening up and he said, look, he's adjusted me to apply and see if, if I would be a good fit. I went through all the interviews and they hired me and uh, they, that was the big decision in my life to move here, change completely change career and see if I can take that opportunity and take it somewhere. Uh, it was a tough call. I had to, I had to call a lot of mentors. I have to really talk through all different scenarios and um, they all kind of suggested, look, this, this is one in a lifetime opportunity. You'd better grab it and see what, what happens. And, and gladly, my bosses in hockey said, "Look, if if things don't don't work out, just come back, and we'll we'll, we'll always have a spot for you there." So they were very understand understanding and, and supportive of that decision. Um, I moved here um, and started doing an amazing job working as a software engineer, building a lot of mobile apps, um, and then starting my own company. Uh, and in parallel, when professional franchise American Hockey League moved to California. That's when they hired me, and I, I stepped back on a professionalized. I was very happy because uh, now. Now I was working as a, as as a software engineer and doing mobile apps, and I really liked that. And I've got the opportunity to return to professional eyes, get a professional contract in Ho American Hockey League, and uh, work kind of uh, two jobs. But if I need to play. You got your victory dance. Well, I got it right here. Yeah. Started doing uh, consultancy and, and grew into a, a genium company that we have right now. So <clears throat> being able to. Uh, shift from the two is definitely a nice, you know, little cushion to have. Um, but branching out, you know, working for somebody as a as a coder, as an engineer, as a software engineer, developing apps for somebody else is one thing. Venturing off to start your own, uh, that's a much bigger risk. What oh yeah. Was, you know, and, and not even not. I mean, first of all, it's a it's a big risk. Second. You're in a field where technology is changing like every day. So you've been at this for, you know, over 10 years. You must have seen a huge change in maybe, you know, software itself, the way these apps operate, the hardware that they're that they're running on, you know, all these things change. How does that you know, how does that in enter into the risk that you're taking when you start your own business? Oh, it was uh, it was horrible in the beginning. Uh, it was horrible because I didn't have any stability whatsoever. Uh, and uh, I, I had a different mentality. Um, since I was transitioning into being entrepreneur, I had no idea what it is. I didn't know what 1099 was. I, I really honestly didn't know how the whole thing worked. I, I always knew that you would go and work full time and, you know, things would get be covered. But one day I got fired and the, I got fired because the company lost a, a pretty significant contract and they were downsizing. And I saw it coming because I, I knew that they let go a few people um, ahead of me. And I, I was hoping I would be the very last one. 
but you you know you never you're never ready. And one day a boss called me in and he was a little bit in tears because he didn't want to let me go. I said, look, I have to cut down and uh, um, we're letting you go. So I was on up on the street. I had no idea. I didn't know what to do. And that's where I basically started thinking uh, out of the box, see what 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 I can do. And it was a period of instability for about two years. Um, but then I've, I figured out a way to get contracts and I've, you know, I, I'm a hard worker. I always, I always work really, really, really hard and I genuinely help companies. And when I was working as an engineer building mobile apps uh, for companies, I was all in, I was all in helping every single step of the way. And they, they saw that in me and they were coming back for more and more. And I grew my client base this way. Um, and they're still kind of up to those days. They, they still call me and, and ask for help. And when now, now it's not me coding, but, um, my, my team and team at genium, uh, does that amazingly well. Um, uh, but technology is evolving. Technology is evolving uh, every single day. You have to educate yourself every single day. I read a lot. Um, and I like to learn, I like to learn. And I think I've been learning throughout my whole life and, Nowadays, with the fast pace of, of of everything, you have to be on top of the information, on top of the game. Um, kind of adding an extra step there. Uh, I am a student pilot, so I'm, I'm learning how to fly. And once you are learning how to fly airplane, an airplane, you are a student forever. You you always learning something new about the airplane, about technology of flying, about weather, anything. Checklists. If you're getting into new airplane, you study the whole airplane. Um, I'm studying constantly all the time. So I, I actually allocate some time during the day when I do this and I have it on my schedule um, for specific technologies. And you read a lot of documentations. Um, I I do read an, a lot and I watch a lot of videos um, and constantly study. That's how you stay on top of your game, I think, everywhere. And what what kind of clients um, come to you? What, what's uh, your you know your ideal type of client that that you want to work for? Is it somebody who's like you know first getting started and has kind of a software idea, or somebody who's been in business for quite some time and you know trying to develop something to maybe fine tune their their workflow or something like that? Sure, it's a great question. So we're very good at building uh, teams, and now we're very excellent at building remote teams. And we've been gearing up towards this for the last two years. Um, our primary focus in, in cybersecurity and just security measurements around the teams and how they work and how we um, how we hire people, do background checks. Majority of our engineers are in Argentina, um, so we we that's our development hub there, um, and. Uh, that's our bread and butter. So we work with uh, mid-sized to large-sized corporations to help them to expand their mobile teams or backend teams, and they hire uh, a lot of the guys through us, and uh, we help them to expand their team. It's called team extension. Uh, we also work with um, small to mid-sized companies to build their mobile apps or websites. And uh, what what what's really uh, really fascinating is that I've I've said to myself that I value quality. Um, and sometimes guys come in and say, and say, Hey, I have just a little bit of money and I need everything. And I needed it yesterday. And I, I, I typically just say, look, this is not our ideal profile. And I don't think we'll be able to help because we have, I've implemented a very strict and not just me, but the whole company ran through processes and checklists. And that's how I build, that's how I build businesses. And I think that's how airline industry works. And, um, you know, everything that works flawlessly works in the principle of checks and balances, processes and checklists. Um, so we, we we basically run a potential client through a checklist and see if we can really help uh, productively help this client because we, we spend a lot of time on quality control, on setting up infrastructure and everything. Um, 
so so a client has to be ready to and it has to know that uh, we only work on high quality projects. So we build high quality projects. We don't rush into things. Uh, if somebody says we have a very tight deadline in one or two months, we're not the ideal fit because we have a process of quality uh, of setting up the right team, uh, looking at the mentality, who is the right fit to work on that project, who who is going to bring it to absolute success, and um, that we we have a proven success model of delivering and. Uh, that's where we are. But we work with all different range of startups. We work with uh, companies who, who who just raised their uh, initial rounds of uh, money. And uh, typically, those initial raises are around $200,000. And they usually come to us to build their first version. Uh, we work with them on, on those terms. Um, and, but we're very good at building team extensions and for uh, for developed companies that want to expand their mobile um, mobile teams or mobile markets, especially right now. There are a lot of companies that have hardware, um, the touch screens, and uh, people will be going away from all those touch surfaces. So right now, the huge focus we have, and we had a lot of inquiries right now to move um, technology from um, from touch screens into a mobile phone, into a user, either creating a mobile app or allowing uh, those hardware to interact with phone and making sure that the user can do everything they want on their phone, on a personal device, rather touching touch screens or interacting with some something that is a shared surface, as we call it. Um, so that's that's what we do, and that, that's where we're good at. And it's it's funny you mentioned uh, things that happened. You know, you're, you're essentially saying post COVID, right, where we don't want to be touching things. Um, right after somebody else has been touching them for risk of, of transmitting viruses or diseases or anything like that. <clears throat> and the, the, you know, speaking of that, some platforms, some, some stuff is built, uh, and without volume in mind. And then things like COVID happen. And I, I'm thinking of zoom, for example, zoom was a very good platform. It was, it was built nicely. It was built great. And then COVID hit and they got swarmed with volumes of people using that platform. It opened up uh, different security issues. It, different, it opened up different errors, uh, caps and minimums and bandwidth and all these different issues. When you guys create stuff, you were talking about quality. Uh, are these some of the things that you're kind of checking and, and kind of estimating volume and usage to help you know make sure that this particular software that you're building is something that will withstand uh, time and, and, and stress. Absolutely. Um, it's, a, it's a great question you brought up. Um, part of our check-in process through you know, either client intake or new projects, we ran them through certain metrics of, of parameters that have to be fulfilled. And one of the business questions we ask, what is the intended audience? Because you cannot build, or it's not, let's, like, you can build anything, but it, it, it's not cost-effective to build a platform from the ground up that's going to support 10 million users um, because it's going to cost you gazillions amount of money. We can build it, but it doesn't make sense because you have to launch it first and plan to test it on 1,000 people and then um, upgrade it to 10,000 people and, and so on and so forth. So we build an infrastructure based on the, uh, on the business goal, the initial business goal, let's say, for the next six months. And then once business gets to that number, uh, we uh, he they typically come back because they have more capital and uh, at that point we can allocate uh, a different set of rules and team to upgrade the infrastructure to support let's say a million users and then once they get to a million users or getting closer to that we are upgrading it to the next next year and implement different infrastructural setup uh, to scale and pretty much indefinitely it takes a lot of time but you have to 
kind of pick the right tool for the job, right? You don't want to um, you don't want to build a small prototype with a, like a huge hammer or a caterpillar. So you have to pick the right tool for the job, and that's where we're we're very good at it. So we're going to suggest um, that's the setup we we think is feasible for 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 this business goal for the initial six month and. Uh, moving forward that's the plan if you get to that number we can upgrade you or we can work on doing certain things and we typically suggest because we also one of the requirements is to have a technical representation on the client side um a technical guidance so there has to be either a cto or a technical person who understands the technical part and we consult with this person uh what are the goals what are the budgets for the infrastructure are uh, and and they give us that information and we give them um our answers based on our um, experience because we ran we ran those projects day in day night uh, we've, we've we've done I, I don't really even count how many projects we've done and we have tremendous amount of experience in setting that up. So yes, we do plan for scalability and that's uh, the goal. And we're going to talk about a little bit more about how uh, clients are shifting away from their offices and how you can, can utilize that uh, software to, you know, to change things around because paying rent on a lease can get uh, expensive, especially when things have changed. So let's, uh, let's jump in and uh, do insurance, uh, Ham's insurance tip of the day, because we're going to be talking about renter's insurance here. Yeah, it is Ham's insurance tip of the day. And you're right, we are talking to renter's insurance today. So, uh, but we're not talking about your commercial leases or anything like that. Uh, I'll throw something in there for that since you brought it up. Uh, when you have a commercial lease, you are definitely going to want to have general liability. It's probably going to be required actually by your landlord. That's going to protect all of your uh, customers walking into your store. You know, somebody trips, falls, smashes their head on your desk. You want to be protected for those things. But for the rest of us who are uh, renting our homes, uh, not homeowners, we definitely want to have our renter's insurance in place. Renter's insurance protects you in a number of different ways. For one, it protects all of your stuff, your couch, your TV, your computers, your podcast microphones, you know, all this good stuff is protected by your renter's insurance, but it also provides liability coverage. So again, if so you invite somebody over to your house and you know, you're, they bring their kids and their kids and your kids, they're all playing around and having some fun and somebody trips and falls down some flight of stairs. One of the kids breaks their arm, don't have uh, medical insurance. Guess what? The personal liability on your renter's insurance will cover injuries to uh, the guests that are uh, at your home. So Make sure you have that renter's insurance. It's not just to cover your stuff. It's also to cover your butt. <laughs> that is Ham's insurance tip of the day. Follow me on Twitter at insurancebroham. All right. So uh, I wanted to ask you that question about going remote. So Alex, when people have uh, basically revamped the way they do business after COVID, in uh, our insurance agency included, we're not renewing our lease at the end of this month. We're doing everything remote. There are a lot of places who have turned around and reinvested capital into going remote, into dealing with people clocking in, to making sure that they have security at home, to make sure that they have access to uh, their databases and their their client uh, customer management systems and all those types of things. 
Uh, how are you seeing uh, or what are you seeing from your clients post COVID and things that you have to do to help them uh, get their software in line? Awesome. Thanks for the question. Uh, we've been gearing up. Uh, we've, we've been gearing up towards this moment uh, for the last two years, and the goal of the company was to enable remote hiring from the get-go. Since we operate in a in a in a cybersecurity world where companies in need of data protection, not just cybersecurity, but any company who needs a higher data protection or higher software engineering quality, um, that. Those type of companies work with us, and we 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 respect that and we value that, and the whole company is built around security. And my background in in, in software engineering is around cybersecurity. That's how that's how it all started. Um, and uh, we've been gearing up towards this for the last two years. Uh, we have amazing policies and amazing operations in Argentina and throughout the world. Uh, actually, we have United States, we have Eastern Europe, we have uh, Argentina now, and we can run uh, remote operations all across the globe. Uh, we have specific software that that does it. Uh, we we um, created a, a we streamlined hiring process to get all the background checks, amazing interviews, and uh, logistics to ship hardware back and forth between people. Uh, or or we've created amazing policies around bring your own device, where you can use your own device to work uh, for for secure projects. And we install specific software to control the environment and what you do on the, on the computer. So we are very big on security and cybersecurity, and uh, we we really helped our clients to. Just just use us as, as an outlet to hire remote people, uh, either here in the United States or everywhere around the world, especially in Argentina, because I, I, you know, in love with Argentina and the quality and everything that's that's happening there uh, in terms of software and engineering. Um, so, in 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 the short term, this this is not a quick and easy process to switch over to a fully remote environment, especially we've mentioned uh, insurances and things like that. So we also have cyber insurances. We also have specific liabilities that we have to uh, respect. Um, it was it was a complicated process for us. We've gone through it. Now we are all geared up and ready to do that. I'm super happy and actually grateful uh, to my team that they did this ahead of time. We didn't even know COVID is going to hit, but we were super ready. And now clients are just coming through us and expending it. Regarding our existing clients and how they're dealing it, they're also transitioning to fully remote environments. And uh, they they do come to us for, for specific advices on their teams that work with us. And uh, we share our best practices and how they do things. And it's it's a collaboration process. We, we, we talk back and forth. And uh, typically, if we're talking about team extension, where we hire people for companies here in the United States to work full time at our Argentina locations or remote, um, we, we try to make sure that everybody who we hire for clients, they adhere policies of, of the client. So we make sure that policies of the client is not less than we have internally. And if it's not less and higher, we make sure that we bring it up to that standard. Um, if it's other, uh, vice versa, we keep our highest standard um, in security. It really depends on the client. So people are adapting a lot of software. We were happy that we've done that. It's, it's a challenging, complicated process, but uh, uh, you know, companies that think long-term uh, will succeed eventually. Yeah, this is one of those opportunities that fill in your lap when you're prepared and there's a problem that happens and you've been preparing the whole time. That problem turns into a massive opportunity. Sounds like you guys got that squared away. Yes. All right, let's uh, let's do our last segment that we're going to do here. Two truths and a lie. You ready, Alex? Yes, I'm ready. All right. All right, two truths and a lie. So Alex is going to tell us three things. Two of them are true. One of them is a lie. James and I are going to try to guess the lie. So far, I've, I think I'm, I, we should probably keep score on him and see how, how well we're doing. We should probably keep score. Man. Yeah, we'll right, just right. have to 
go back a few episodes and and check it out right yeah all right alex let's see hit us all right Awesome. So the first one is uh, from hockey and they're going to be from different for different areas. Um, during the game once, I had a huge hammer uh, fall down on the ice right in front of me during the game, full game, professional game. And there's a huge hammer just landed right next to me um, on the ice. That's number one. OK, number keep going, two. Keep going. All right. Number two. So I have a Windows 95, an old Windows 95 installed on my iPhone. <laughs> all right number three um i had an engine failure when i was a pilot flying an airplane oh man so these are some good ones show up on the ice hockey you're on yep, the hockey yep. ring right that's what i'm thinking right that's what i'm yeah thinking. that's exactly what i was thinking <laughs> you want me to put the Mjolnir. hammer down <laughs> Mjolnir just just out of nowhere <laughs> and out hockey nowhere. fans could get a little crazy so that that's a possibility engine failure in windows 95 uh both of those i mean engine failure uh okay so so how does that riddle go and i'm a student pilot so you know for for the context if you guys don't remember so i do fly yeah yeah, (laughs) how does that riddle go it's uh a man was writing a letter the power failed and he died you remember that that happen was that a plane happen yeah, he was writing. The, he was skywriting. He was skywriting. Oh. He was skywriting. Well, so, see, Alex is still here, so uh, maybe he recovered. And uh, I'm, I'm gonna say Windows 95 on the iPhone is the lie. I'm gonna say Windows 95 too, only because why would you put such a horrible operating system? I love that <laughs> operating system. Oh my god, I I fought so hard not to change it. To to what to like? But, Windows, well, Windows 98 was was great. Uh, yeah. And then I fought to change not to change that, and then I was like forced to uh change to windows xp and then on my mac i have uh parallels running so i'm still running windows 7 like i refuse to upgrade to windows 10 or anything higher i what can i say all right so we're going with 95 huh windows That's 95 is a lie. So this is nine, this is 98 installing on my phone right now so um wow i have not I, seen that screen in decades and that's my <laughs> that, that's my iphone so you know that you can you that's can amazing see. so that's a true all right well so which it, one was the lie uh, the engine failure I've never the engine failure it. oh okay i should yeah but we, i had a hammer our... but i had a hammer landing right next to <laughs> Was it like an inflatable hammer or an actual no, hammer? No, it was an actual hammer. Somebody, uh, it's uh, it turned out a construction company left it up in the ceiling, and uh, <laughs> when when fans started to cheer, started to vibrate, and it just you know landed right next. It was literally you know three feet away from me. Oh my wow. gosh! They that could have been, the, yeah, they been the it end of Alex Iceman. Could have been. Yeah, we have helmets though. You know, I I was hoping, but it was you know quite high yeah. up, right? So it, it was quite a distance. Uh, the thing was falling down. Yeah. Wow. That is gnarly. So, okay, so you have Windows 95 on your phone, Windows 98 installing. Why? Uh, that's my puzzle because nobody can do this and I can. And I actually reached out to the <laughs> developers. Because <laughs> nobody can do it and I can. That's I love it. That's a great it. answer. That's I a love great it. answer ever. Well, so, look, some people you know, watch TikTok. Some people do other stuff. I, I installed Windows 98 for fun. <laughs> <laughs> Just because uh, I can, and some people, some other people cannot. So, oh, I, that is I fantastic. Yeah, that's that. I, I I like that answer. That's probably one of the best answers. Why? Because I can. It's like <laughs> I'm your Huckleberry. Huckleberry. That's right? why. That's why. That's, that's why. why. Why not? All right, I'm uh, your Huckleberry. That's why. 
engine failure. I'm sure you train for it. I know that there are some planes that are propellers. When we go to the air show, you hear them climb, 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 climb until physically the plane can no longer climb. And it sounds like engine failure. It sounds like they stall out and then they come back down. Uh, what is that like a fear of yours? Is that uh, something they train you for? What, what's the uh, what's the deal on that? The quick answer is you can learn how to fly in about 10 hours. The rest of the educational process, you learn how to fly a broken plane. So they typically train you for all those situations. We train for engine failure almost um, regressively every week. And I know exactly what to do. So it's it's not a problem. Every airplane is a glider. Uh, it just has a, a worse, worse glide ratio than a, a, an actual glider. So you can actually glide for, for a good distance down uh, with an engine failure. Um, and it's if, if you have the altitude, it's not not an issue. You just pick a right spot to land, and, and and sometimes it's near the airport, so you can just land at the airport with no issues. Uh, we train for it. It's not it's not common. It's just when the engine quits, you you become a glider pilot, and you have to. It's it's the same as flying a glider, except that the 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 gliding distance is shorter, and you have to you know make decisions where to land and look for a field or a road and 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 do a nice landing. I mean, it, it is a situation where we train for it. It's not super complicated. So if it seems like, I mean, I've, I've only known you for 32 minutes or so, but it seems like most of your life you're training for critical failures, whether it's in coding, you know, if you, if you code something incorrectly, you're going to get a failure there. You're going to get a, a, an error, right? Um, whether it's on the ice, you're looking for the errors and the mistakes that the players make in flying, you're training for these critical errors so that you can land the plane, even if there's engine failure. And you even put old windows stuff on your phone for some weird reason, because you can which might oh. cause <laughs> failures there too. Uh, it, did I get that about right? Yes. Um, I Look, I'm, I, I like high quality. I like to challenge my brain constantly. And I think that parts of part of a hardworking mentality as an athlete and uh, my, my curious brain, that's, that's why I do it. Like I really want to do interesting things and, 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 and challenge my brain. And, you know, installing Windows is not a trivial thing. Like a lot of people cannot do that. And I've asked the original developers if, if you can do that on the phone. And they said, no, it's not possible right now. And when I send them a screenshot, they replied, wow. That was the only <laughs> reply. I was like, hey, check that out. Well, you know what, though? Uh, you know, you, you do train for critical failures, and you're absolutely right. The failure is actually a good thing. We've been, we've been conditioned in school that failure is bad. It, it means you need to repeat a course, whatever. But that is the learning process. You, you, whether you're doing it in, in the books and you're learning something, you test, you don't do well, means you didn't learn it quite the way you should have. So you need to go back and learn that particular thing a little bit better. You do it the same thing in business. You try something, it doesn't work out. You need to reassess, realign what you're doing and give it another go. You do it physically when you're working out. You push until your muscles physically fail and they cannot push anymore. And then your body makes an adjustment and it keeps going. So, you know, that is a good quality. Uh, you know, it, the fact that you're, that it's, it's prevalent in each one of your disciplines that in each one of the things you're doing is actually a compliment to you to, to show that, you actually try to get better. You're looking for that impossible so you can show people literally on the screen. It's not impossible. I can do it. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> Alex, appreciate your time coming on the show today, man. Uh, very, very insightful. Ladies and gents, check out Alex, the Alex Iceman. If you guys want to follow him and check out his website, genium.io. If you need apps created, if you need some streamlined stuff for your particular business, um, sometimes you don't know what you're looking for. You might want to give him a shot, give him a call, uh, sit down for some consultation. I'm sure he's going to work through just like he talked about on the show, checks and balances to see if it's a match, if it's something that might even work for your company or not. Uh, make sure you guys check it out. 
Alex, thank you again for coming on the program. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, ladies and gents, that is all we got for you guys today. We'll see you tomorrow. Happy hump day. Woo-woo. Peace. And Bye-bye. We're thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.